Welcome to the Mama Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. Every other week, we dive into the topics that matter to moms most, answering your most pressing questions as we learn from top-notch experts, swap stories, tap into our creative sides, and advocate for the causes that moms truly care about, all while hanging with your mom friends. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Mama Needs a Moment. We are so glad you're here. What if you were informed that you've had a special gift inside you all along that will help transform your life and make it easier, but you haven't been using it the way that it was designed? Megan Rempel is a registered nurse with a certificate in women's hormonal health, a health coach, and a cycle syncing expert who is talking to us in this episode about how our monthly cycles are like magic. She knows how crazy that sounds, but during our conversation, she promises everyone that when you dive into living in alignment with your cycle, you will start to feel validated. You will start to feel clarity and so much more ease and flow in your life. Megan speaks from the heart and shares how she went from an overwhelmed and exhausted mom of four to gaining back control of her life through simple and effective habits and rhythms like cycle syncing. She explains how our movement, our nutrition, our lifestyle, how we're creating our calendar every month, even our parenting, basically all areas of our life are impacted by our cycle. Here's our amazing chat with Megan. Megan, we are so excited to have you here with us today. I am excited to dive into some pretty interesting topics with you. Well, thank you for having me. This is always like a little juicy conversation, so I'm excited. (sighs) This is a topic that has come up again and again. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but I'm very excited to dive into cycle syncing and hormones, and I think it's going to be fun. But before that, we want our audience to get to know you and just have an understanding of who you are as a person. So we have some get to know you questions. We always like to ask our guests and it's just kind of answer as you are, come as you are. We just want to get to know you a little bit. So the first question is a fill in the blank. Motherhood is. Okay. Motherhood is like looking in the mirror and seeing all the areas that you need to work on. Oh, so true. I feel that deeply, especially as my child gets older. I feel that deeply. Tell me more. Tell me how that shows up for you. I think it's just like motherhood is this thing like slaps you in the face and you might've thought you had your SHIT together and then you realize holy smokes, I have so many areas of my life that I need to improve on and things within myself that I need to deal with and grow and evolve because our children are like little people that just push our buttons and trigger us. And there's a reason why they trigger us. And I believe that they're put here to teach us not the other way around. Mm, I agree. Beautiful. 
I love that. They are, they're a window into the areas in which we ourselves still need to grow and perhaps need to reparent ourselves and explore our own childhood and our own ways that we have been impacted perhaps by trauma, whether big T or little T or, you know, just the different things in our life. So I love that answer. That actually may be one of my most favorite answers to date. So I do have a quick question (laughs) for you, Megan, out of you have four kids, which we're going to get into more deeply, but out of the four kids, is there one that triggers you the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it does change on a daily basis. So who's my favorite? <laughs> Me too. Not favorite, <laughs> Let's be honest. Not favorite. There's no favorite, but some, one of your kids that you're like, Ooh, continues to remind you that you have yeah. stuff to work on. Absolutely. My oldest, my oldest, yes, my for <laughs> sure. She has been like my biggest teacher and a lot of the personal growth that I've dove into is because of her, because she just brought so much out in me that I knew I got to get some help with this. Like I, I cannot continue to feel this way when I'm around my children anymore. Like I need to, I need to grow and I need to look within to see what I can do differently. I'm interested. I would be interested to know for how many parents it was their oldest. And I, I would wonder if it is simply because it's the first, it's the first child testing you in these ways. And you have probably grown as a parent by the time your subsequent children come along, obviously their personality and behaviors come in play and that won't apply to everyone. But I think that has to be some part of it, that this is your first child testing you in those ways that we were just talking about. Yeah. Okay. What do you value most in a friendship? Um, I think that I value vulnerability most in a friendship because I think we all have those friendships that are very surface level. And, you know, until you actually get vulnerable with one another, true connection can never be established. And in relationships, whether it's with my children, my husband, friendships, coworkers, like I'm looking for connection, like deep connection and vulnerability has to happen first. Otherwise it's just, it's just surface level. It's acquaintances. And I'm not looking to have a huge circle of friendships. I'm looking for those few deep connections. Do you feel that vulnerability comes naturally to you? Um, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, it does. And I, and I just find like, if we can't, if we can't go there, I'm kind of out. Like, I just, it's like, I'm, I'm good. Like I, I, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for deep, raw and real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say, I'm not surprised by your answer. This is our first time meeting, but just in, you know, the few minutes that we've been interacting and you give a vibe, there's like an openness to your face and, um, how you talk and, and just your tone. So I, I get that vibe from you. I, that's why I was kind of interested to know, but yeah. I can see that openness, I guess, yeah. which lends itself to vulnerability. I think. Yeah, definitely. What's the most daring thing you've ever done? Okay. So I don't think it's like, it might not be daring to some people. I think that's all relative, but something that took me much out of my comfort zone, but also was one of the best things I've ever done for myself is this past January, I went to Costa Rica alone for a meditation and yoga retreat in the jungle, didn't know a single person. And it was life-giving. Like it was, it was so incredible just to be immersed 
in, in the jungle, there was no music, no TVs, no distractions. It was nature and I was alone and I thrive off of being alone. And it was, you know, I was so nervous, so nervous to go, but I'm already booked again for next year. So I love it. How, how long was it? I was gone for about nine days in total. And so was it, was it silent? Was it a silent retreat? It wasn't a silent retreat. However, I have been on sort of like somewhat silent retreats where it's silence in the morning from when you wake up until about noon. I would absolutely love to do a silent retreat. Like I think it would be, I don't know if I could do a full week. Maybe I could, but I would love to challenge myself to that because there's just so much power when we get quiet with ourselves and we remove all distractions and conversations. And you don't realize how often you make conversation just to fill space. And when you can't do that, it's like this game changer where you're just, you're left with your own thoughts and that's so uncomfortable, but that's where like the most growth happens. I have a friend who does silent retreats pretty frequently. And every time she tells me about it, my mind just like explodes a little bit. <laughs> like I can't imagine, but she is such a peaceful centered person. And I have to imagine going and doing things like that has something to do with it. So maybe I should take a note out of her book and your book. Yeah. Um, well, did you have go. a, let's, yeah, let's, let's go. go. I'm in, I'm, I'm in. in. Do you have a takeaway from this most recent retreat? Did you have like an aha moment? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's probably a whole other, like I could do it. I could write a book on it or another podcast episode, but there was a lot that I had to kind of like surrender to. And because every time I go on a retreat, I've done lots of, uh, lots of different retreats. I've never hopped on an airplane and gone to a different country for them. But every time I do a retreat, it's something happens within me. Something changes that sort of takes me to the next level of my life. And so I went on that retreat thinking, okay, what's it going to be? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't know what that thing is, but it will happen. And, and for the first couple of days, I was like, gosh, like, I still don't know, like what I'm here for, what I'm trying to work through. What's, what am I going to let go of or bring in? And it was sort of that realization of, you know, my husband and I had been really working on our marriage and I needed to just surrender to the fact that I cannot change who he is. And he has to do that work himself. And it's not up to me to lower my vibration for other people. It's my job to keep my vibration high and hope that other people will come up to meet me. And long story short, that's what I kind of surrendered to without telling anyone or, you know, sharing it even with my husband but the changes that my husband was experiencing at home at the same time, like changed everything. So it was like, he let go of a lot of things while I was gone. And it was like, we were both doing this incredible inner work that brought us on the same page. And 2022 has been such a game changer of a year for both of us in our relationship and our family. And it's like what I always imagined but it's like, yeah, it's just so good. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love what you said about that. And I think it's so important in a long-term relationship to do things like that, like take time apart Mm -hmm. because you become so enmeshed when you're in a long-term relationship and it just gets into this like normal routine and, and you rely on each other so much when you have that time apart, 
you're able to really unpack who you are as an individual, who your partner is as an individual. And there's beauty in that separation. There's growth in that separation. So I think it's amazing for, to hear that mm -hmm. you both had this kind of eye-opening experience while you were away on your trip. Yeah. And it's, Absolutely. it's uncomfortable when the mother leaves home mm -hmm. and does something for herself and the rest of your family is like sitting here, like, what do we do? Who yeah. are we without her here? She's like, she's the center of our universe. And, and I left them for, and it wasn't the first time I had left, but it just hit them all. I think a little bit harder and it hit my husband harder. And it was like, he was then just faced with a lot of his discomfort and that required him to grow and evolve. I mean, he's watched me growing and evolving and doing uncomfortable things for years. It was only a matter of time. And that's the beautiful thing about when we grow and we step into that, I'm going to level up my life and I'm going to become my best version. It is just a matter of time before the people that we are surrounded with decide to do the same. Yeah. And it's so valuable for our children to see two things. It's so valuable for our children to see that, what you were just describing, leveling up and stepping into those challenges. And then simultaneously, it's so good for our children to see mom step away because mm -hmm. mom is typically the, the main caregiver in a lot of situations. And to see that the other parent is also capable of stepping into that role. And it, there's just so much value in that too. So mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, I think I would tell my younger self that it's all going to work out better than you could ever imagine. So don't waste any more time worrying. If we could all just hear that. Uh, <laughs> oh, if I could have heard that at about 16, that would have been priceless. Yeah. And I actually, I always imagine like my future self that's been something that's always been very connected to me is like my future self out there living, you know, the life that I'm working towards. And so it's almost like she's telling me that now too. So I'm telling like my younger version, but I have like my future version telling me that right now. And I have to just yeah. like lean into that. Like it's all going to work out even better than I could imagine. So stop worrying so much. You know, that thought had crossed my mind. I didn't say it at the time, but there was a part of me that was like, I could handle hearing that message right now, actually. Yeah. I think we can all <laughs> handle yeah. hearing whatever we would tell our younger self. It's true. We need to be told it now. There's a reason it's, it's that message. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I agree. I'm so interested to dive a little bit more deeply into your younger self and your upbringing. Her in her health collective is actually an acronym and it stands for health, empowerment, and respect. And we respect that everyone brings different experiences into parenthood and that everyone chooses to parent differently. Learning more about our guests and hearing them talk about their background story is an important part of our conversation. Will you please share a bit about your childhood and how you were raised? I had a great childhood. I'm the youngest of four. And, you know, my parents are still together. They were both very successful. My mom's a nurse. We grew up as like a close family, but there was something lacking that my sisters and I all talk about now even. And we, I think we all agreed that we would parent differently than how we were parented because there wasn't a lot of connection 
And there wasn't a lot of, I love you. I always felt loved, but that was never said. Very rarely was it said or like the, the hugs for no reason. And just like the deep conversations, those things never, ever happened. And maybe that's why I like crave that vulnerability so much because I didn't get it as a child. My sisters and I were still all close and we're very close with our parents, but it's so different from how now I'm raising my kids because like being connected to them is so important that even ties into the theme of today's call is, is using our cycle as a way to connect with our kids, but also with ourselves, because until we're connected with ourselves, how are we supposed to connect with other people around us if we're so disconnected from our own being? But that was like really important to me that I learned how to connect with my children, show them love, even when I was angry with them, no matter what love would come first, even if it felt hard at times, because it does, it feels very hard at times. And that required me to do a lot of work to be able to really connect with them instead of just seeing myself as I'm their parent, I'm here to teach them, they need to do right, um, they need to be a good person, these are the rules, I am the rule maker, they are the rule follower, um, they need to do as I say, that kind of thing. So it's been very rewarding. Well, were there any specific events in your youth that directly impacted the direction of your life? I don't think so, I don't. I, I wish there was like some moment that happened that but there really there really wasn't my my childhood was sort of uneventful in a in a lovely way no tragedy no epic events happened it was just a really great quote-unquote normal childhood but it was that deep connection I think that was always missing that I didn't even know was missing until I became an adult and and now looking back at it and you know even just with our conversation today that we're going to get into I remember when I got my period, I was 15 and my mom never asked me or talked to me about getting it or, you know, have your friends got it yet? Do you think you're close? Like there was no conversations around that at all. I knew enough to tell her when I got it. And I did, I told her that night. I remember saying like, I got my period today and she was like, oh, okay. Did you find everything okay in the bathroom? Cause I had older sisters and I said, yep. And that was it. That was, it was never spoken about again. And I remember thinking like, I wish that she would ask me more. Like, I wish that I could tell her more about what I'm feeling or she could tell me something because it seemed like it was this big epic event, right? It was like this big thing in my journey from like childhood to womanhood, but it was so downplayed. And I was like, oh, okay. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Like it's, it's just, it's just this thing that's going to happen every month. That's kind of a pain and I guess that's it. Right. And you have a 12 year old daughter. I do too. Has it been different with her? Um, It's been so different. So she's not at that point in her life yet, but we talk about it all the time and, you know, she's excited and I got her like the NYX undies kit. Yeah. So it's up in my (laughs) closet and she loves looking at them and, you know, I know she'll, she'll come to me when it happens and we'll talk it through. And I'm slowly teaching her some of the work that I'm doing with women and our cycle. And in our house, we talk about anything. We talk about it with my husband around. We talk about it with my six-year-old son around. Like it doesn't matter. This is normal. And this is something to, to be openly talked about in, in our house. I'm so curious because you have 
your siblings, and then you said you're close to your parents as well. When you all get together, do you notice it falling back into previous family dynamics? Unfortunately, my mom is going through early onset Alzheimer's. So that just kind of changes the dynamic of our family a little bit. And now we have kind of taken on that caretaker role, which is new for us that we're navigating and just really that relationship of mother-daughter has flipped and now it seems like it's us parenting her and taking care of her. So it's, it's just like wild times and so many ups and downs, but it's just one of those life lessons and we're learning so much. I mean, humor is everything when we're dealing with something like this and letting her know that she's loved and safe and helping each other navigate that too. So it's been an amazing learning experience for us in the face of something very sad too. I'm sorry to hear that. It's never an easy journey. It sounds like your family is coming together to support each other Mm -hmm. to get through a, a difficult time together. And that's just such a blessing. Yeah. Thank you. Megan, you mentioned that your mom had been a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. Is that, did that play into your decision to become a nurse? I think it did. I always knew what I wanted to be. You know, it was never this like going through school. Like, I don't know what I want to be. I just knew I was going to be a nurse. I had no doubt. I knew I wanted to work in the hospital with really sick people. I was so excited to become a nurse and there was no question in my mind. So it was very easy for me. And I remember, you know, my friends when we were growing up and they're like, I don't know what to take for courses. And I don't really know what I want to do, what I want to be. And I remember thinking like, really? Like, you don't know. How do you not know? Like, I just, like, I do. Yeah, I know. I'm like, wow, that sucks for you guys. Like, this is really easy for me, but it was me. I would have been that friend. You would have been talking to me saying, Cindy, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks for you. Sorry. But I just knew like I had, I had it, it was in me. I think it was just so ingrained in me and it still is to this day. Being a nurse is such a big, big part of who I am. Um, So you, you have further qualifications. You have a certificate in women's hormonal health, a health coach, you're a cycle syncing expert. What led you to pursue those further qualifications in those specific areas? Yeah. So I became an online health and wellness coach about seven years ago, just from me needing to do something for myself. And, you know, I think often the work that we get into is really because we need it. And then we become so passionate about sharing it. So that's where it all sort of stemmed from. But I was doing all this work on myself, right? I had the morning routine and I was moving my body every day. I was eating healthy. I was meditating. I was journaling, but it was all coming from this place of like, check the box. Like, Oh, I journaled check. Oh, 10 minutes of meditation check. And that was like really how it felt. It was very much like of this thing, these things I had to do. And that's what successful people were doing. They were doing all those healthy habits but I just still, I felt so disconnected from myself and I felt like I was on this hamster wheel of going nonstop and needing to be productive and needing to do all of the things. And of course I had four young children and was still working almost full-time as a nurse. And I felt like I couldn't take my foot off the gas pedal. And 
even though I was doing all of these great things for myself, I still felt completely depleted and exhausted, run down. And it felt like it was only a matter of time before I crumbled and just the overwhelm took me down. And I knew that wasn't normal yet. Everywhere you look, you see people talking about how exhausted they are. Every conversation I had with other moms was almost this competition of who's the most tired, who got the least amount of sleep last night. And I prided myself on being able to do all the things on very little sleep. And I wore busy, like it was a badge of honor. And I thought that I must've made it in motherhood. If I feel this depleted and exhausted and I'm running myself ragged day after day after day, well, that must mean I'm a good mom because that's really what society has sort of shown us in motherhood, right? But I just wasn't okay with that. It just, I knew that there was a different way to live, but I didn't really know how. And how cycle syncing sort of came into my life is I read a book by Kate Northrup called Do Less. I was drawn to that book because it said do less. And I thought, I want to do less. Like I want to be doing less. So I'll read this book. And in that book, she speaks a little bit about using your cycle as a roadmap. And at first I was like, what is this? Like, I don't pay any attention to my cycle because I'm done having kids. So why would I need to pay attention to it? Like, it's just this thing that happens every month. It's kind of annoying. It's uncomfortable. It sets me back for a few days, but it is what it is. But then I sort of started to pay more attention and realized that there were times of the month that I was really, really terrible to myself. And I was getting really sick and tired of that self-sabotage and the negative self-talk and the feelings of, I suck, I'm not good enough. Like, what am I doing with my life? And then I would beat myself up because I felt like I had no reason to feel like that. Last week, I felt so great. Everything was working out well. I was energetic. Why is this week any different? Why does this week feel so hard? And once I realized my cycle was at play and I learned that we are literally a different version of ourselves every single week, I started to realize there is another way of living. And my cycle is that roadmap I need and that permission slip to be living a life that feels really good. Because if my hormone levels are different every single week, basically throughout the month, that means I'm different. My brain is different. I need different things. I am a different version. So why would I try to be doing the exact same things every single day, all month long? Yeah. I am so excited to dive into this topic more with you. We're going to talk more about this in just a little bit, but everything you said is very innately appealing. And I feel like it will be for most women. I feel like most of us feel that way. I joke all the time with Noah, my partner, I'm kind of like this person two weeks out of the month. And I'm kind of like this person two weeks out of the month. So we don't really know who the real me is. I mean, sometimes I'm really nice and laid back and kind of fun. And the other times I'm kind of a bitch. (laughs) Sorry. You know, um, I don't know who the real me is though. So a lot of what you said just really, really resonates. And I'm really excited to dive into that when we really dive into the the content of cycle syncing and what it is and how we can use it in our lives. Before we go into that piece though, I would love to pick your brain a little bit because I think what you're talking about will play into this quite a bit too. But we talk a lot to a lot of our guests about this idea of life balance 
or life integration. There is kind mm-hmm. of opposing viewpoints on which of those is actually possible, mm-hmm. but I'd love to get your viewpoint on that. You are a busy mom of four nurse, a health coach. You have so much going on in your career. Do you feel that a, there's a difference between balance and integration and how do you keep harmony in your life? as you pursue your career goals, your health, family, how does that happen for you? Some people are like, I hate the word balance, but I mean, I don't see anything wrong with the word balance, but I do believe that we aren't ever fully in balance. I think that no matter what, something is taking more of your energy and then something is taking less of your energy. So at times my business is getting more energy than another area of my life. And sometimes that's family, right? If I'm, if I'm launching something or pushing towards a goal, something has to give from somewhere. Right. So that means maybe spending less time in the evening with my family, because I've got to get this thing out there and do some extra work. And then at other times it's like family is such a huge priority and you know, my own self-care is a huge priority. So then maybe my business just kind of like sits here at like a little bit of a lower level, which is okay. It doesn't mean that that area is failing necessarily. It just means it's getting less of you. So I think it's just always this like up and down. And whenever I feel like, oh, I have balance. Everything is just really good. I almost feel like, oh, but this is kind of mediocre. Because if I'm not feeling out of balance in one area, then nothing's really happening. Like nothing's really growing and going to the next level, if that makes sense. And not that there's anything wrong with sort of like that mediocre, like status quo, because I like having that. And, you know, summer months, that's like kind of where I'm at. It's like, okay, like let's, this is cool. I don't need to level up my business. I don't need to be pouring into another area of my life because it's summer, kids are home. I just, I want things to be status quo. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I do believe in order for anything to get to the next level, whether it's your marriage, your parenting, your own health, your business, whatever, something has to give so that the other thing can rise to the top, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Does your cycle ever play into like the decision of what it is you're going to focus on at a certain time? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause our cycle, you know, the first half is masculine energy, like doing, Mm -hmm. going, being where most women feel comfortable, like the hustle kind of phase. And then we flip into more of our feminine type energy where it's like, okay, sit back, get grounded, go within, do these sort of like inward type tasks So I feel like since I've discovered cycle syncing, I have much more alignment in my life because there's weeks where these things are high priority. And then there's weeks where these things are high priority. So it's just, instead of it being like always like so out of alignment, I feel like week to week things get shifted, but it does sort of keep that quote unquote balance, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love the word alignment. I, in thinking about life balance or integration, I love adding in this concept of alignment and thinking mm-hmm. of it in that way. Cause there's a lot of the same elements, but it's focus. It's intuitive. It, it's what is your body telling you right now? And where does your focus and your attention need to be? So I say we coin that as a Megan term <laughs> and throw that in the ring, you know, 
love it. <laughs> we wanted to talk to you a little bit about our four initiatives that Her Health Collective focuses on, and we'd love to get your take on them. So we focus on four specific areas. There's a ton that affect moms, but Chrissy and I have narrowed it down to four that we focus on with our community and we do various different advocacy work around it as well as education, et cetera. So the first one is equity of care for all mothers. The second one is resisting diet culture and quote unquote snapback culture. Third is expectations of motherhood. And then the fourth is perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. We would love to hear any of your feedback in those areas, or if you've been directly impacted by any of the issues and if so, how you've worked through them. Oh gosh, I feel like I could speak on like a few of them. I think probably most relevant to what we're going to speak on would probably be like the expectations of motherhood, because sort of what I touched on before was I just feel like women are celebrated for being depleted. It's this competition and everyone's busy. And then we, we make ourselves even more busy by throwing our kids into every sports, every camp, every thing that's like, I have so many women that say to me, so what are your kids all signed up for this summer? I'm like, nothing, like nothing, like to each their own. But for me, it's like, I don't want to put them in a million things for one, because I think kids just need to be kids and it's okay for them to be bored out of their tree in summer. Like that's okay. Let them be creative. But it's that expectation of like, they, you know, your kids have to be busy and your kids have to be in things and you have to have activities and agendas and be overwhelmed, fill in your schedule, no white space on your calendar, because, you know, you must be failing if you're ease and flow. And if you're feeling good and if you're calm and relaxed, like that's not the norm in motherhood, it seems to have that ease and flow and feeling good and taking care of yourself and taking days off and spending time alone, going on a retreat by yourself. Those things are not celebrated like they should be because it seems the norm is the mom is the hub and she needs to be exhausted and giving, giving, giving and empty cup instead of like an overflowing cup. There's so much guilt, I think, associated with taking care of yourself, not from a place of just checking the boxes, because that doesn't necessarily work, but from a place of like really going inward and asking yourself, what do you desire? What do you want? What is your soul craving? And how can you give to that and not having any guilt or shame around it? Whether it's your first positive pregnancy test or you are a veteran parent, a new chapter is beginning as you add to your family. The Beginnings Center serves families through the transitions of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. They have birth doulas who walk alongside you through pregnancy and offer continuous support through labor. I actually had a doula for each of my birth experiences, and it was extremely helpful. Me too. I couldn't agree more. The Beginnings Center actually also offers postpartum doula services to help you heal, smooth your baby's transition to life outside the womb and facilitate whole family bonding with day and night availability. Let's emphasize night here too. I have friends that have used a postpartum doula and have raved about how helpful it was for them. 
The Beginnings Center serves all families and has specialty training in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, which is crucial for parents in those early postpartum weeks. The Beginnings Center also offers infant feeding consultations, which allow you to prepare for baby's arrival with an individualized feeding plan and walk alongside you through any struggles you may have with feeding your baby. They also have groups and classes, which allow you to make meaningful connections with other parents as you get informational and emotional support. Be sure to mention Mama Needs a Moment to get 10% off an infant feeding consultation. Head to thebeginningscenter.com. Again, that is thebeginningscenter.com to learn more and contact Madeline today. It's true. A lot of moms are kind of that central nucleus Mm -hmm. makes a lot of things happen in the family. When you were talking earlier, you had mentioned checking the boxes on getting things done, meditation, exercise, et cetera. I was laughing to myself because that's what I do. I'm like, oh, it's a successful day. I've rolled out of bed. I've done my five minute meditation. Now I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to do Wordle and, you know, just like all these things that I'm trying to accomplish during the day, which really resonated with me. Were there any other that you wanted to speak on any of the other initiatives before we moved on? I think the diet culture one definitely speaks to me, especially lately. That's something I've really been looking at within myself because I am in the health and wellness industry and it's so easy to get caught up in it, like so easy. And one of my big messages and something that I help my clients with is first of all, restriction does not work. Like if you are trying to cut out certain foods or restrict calories, like whatever restriction looks like for you, it does not work. Like eventually it is going to come back into your life and you have to learn how to find joy in the foods that you're eating. And if something actually does bring you joy, why would you cut it out? Like I have always said for years, I will never be the mom who says no to ice cream. Like never, I will always say yes to ice cream with my kids because I find like when I, I've dabbled in restricting because I got caught up in diet culture and caught up in like, oh, this is going to make me feel really good. And this is going to maybe transform my body. What ended up happening was my kids were seeing that. And I even would hear them say things like, oh, mom can't eat that right now. There's no way mom will eat that. And I remember hearing that and like looking at them and being like, yes, I will. And they're like, no, you won't mom. You're on a diet. And I'm like, I'm not on a diet. I'm learning how to eat healthy, but I'm like, am I like, is that healthy? Is that really healthy to restrict things out of your life? Because while some people might say like, oh, you know, the, the bag of chips, that's like so toxic and the oils that are in those chips, it's so toxic. Well, I believe what's actually more toxic than that is restricting it and thinking about it all day and feeling irritable because you want the chips so bad, but you're not going to allow yourself to have the chips. And then you end up binging on something that's, you know, healthy, but that doesn't actually satisfy your need. And then eventually the damn chips anyway. So really what's more toxic? It will always be more toxic. When you were talking about your children, pointing that out, that's so powerful. 
it brings us back to way back in the beginning when you were talking about all the things that your kids can teach you. And I had a very similar experience where I was in the fitness industry and had just gotten over consumed by healthy eating and trying to be as healthy as possible. But then after looking at it, stepping back, realizing what was happening, I was like, this is disordered. I don't want them to look at me and say, mom's eating a completely different meal than us. Why is that? So I had to put myself into therapy to help through all of that disordered mindset that I had created. And you don't need to have an eating disorder in order to have disordered eating. I think that's so important for women to, it's like that mirror coming up and it's like, gosh, do I have disordered eating? Like, I think I'm just trying to be healthy and do the right thing and, and listen to what everyone's saying and everyone else is doing. It's like, but is that actually disordered eating? And for me, it was. Megan, your specialty is teaching women how to tap into their energy, the energies of their monthly cycle. And ultimately that by doing that, you can actually make your life easier. You mentioned that it has the possibility to get moms out of survival mode and find ease and joy in their lives. I have to say that sounds like magic. (laughs) Tell us more. All right. So we have been alluding to this almost this whole episode where we've kind of talked about this idea of cycle syncing. Let's dive in. What is it? What does it look like in daily practice? Like, do I have to keep a calendar? Do I need to like take my temperature? Like what, what does this look like for the purpose of mom's everyday life? Yeah. So cycle syncing is basically aligning different areas of your life to your cycle. So your movement, your nutrition, your lifestyle, your, you know, even your parenting, how you're creating your calendar every month. Like All areas of our life are definitely impacted by our cycle. I just don't think that we have been made aware of that. I mean, I certainly never was taught that, and I don't think most are. We've kind of been led to believe that our cycle is this thing that's a giant pain, and getting our period once a month is really inconvenient, it's gross, it's shameful, and we as women got the short end of the stick, right? Like we were, men and women were created. And of course, women were cursed with a, with a period every single month and poor us and we're a design flaw. I believe the complete opposite. I believe that whoever created us, whether it's the universe, mother nature, God, whatever you believe in, we were created with this gift. We were given this gift of having a cycle when we became women, but we have not used it the way it was intended. And I think that someone is looking down on us right now and being like, are you kidding me, you guys? Like I gave this tool to you and none of you are using it the way that it's designed because it really is magic. Like it really is. That sounds so crazy, but I promise you when you dive into living in alignment with your cycle, you will start to feel validated, you will start to feel um, just like clarity and so much more ease and flow in your life. And I know it does sound too good to be true. And it sounds like really like that's going to make the big difference, but it, it does. And I think that we resist that sometimes because we resist almost feeling good 
because we're so used to just being on that hamster wheel of go, 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 do, do, do. And we fear that if we do take our foot off the gas, our life is going to crumble. Things are not going to get done. Um, we're not going to be as productive, but that is not the truth at all. So we go through four different phases every single month as women. And in each of those four phases, we have like superpowers. And when you can take advantage of each of those four phases and the energies that you have in them, you will start to realize you can get so much more done in less time because our brains are wired to do certain tasks in each phase. And so instead of pushing yourself to do something that you're not meant to be doing, you can do things that feel easy and naturally, and you can literally get those tasks done in like half the amount of time that you would if you were trying to do them in a different phase. Like we've all had that moment, right? You sit down at your desk and you're like, hey, here's my to-do list for the day. And you're like, oh my gosh. And it takes you so long to execute on things, right? It's like painful. They're not even hard tasks, but you're like, why is this so hard today? Whereas like, if you had done them last week, you'd be flying through them, feeling like a rock star. And instead this week, you're like, oh yeah, it's like been four hours and I've done nothing with my day. You're not living in alignment with your cycle. Of course, there's going to be things that pop up that are not in alignment that you have to do anyways. You'll know that when that feeling comes up of like, I don't want to do this. This is hard. I suck. I'm a failure. What's wrong with me? Instead, you'll be able to say, oh, it's just because I'm in my luteal phase and I should have done this task when I was in my ovulatory phase, but I couldn't because that's not how life always works. So it's okay. I know this is going to be a bit more difficult, but I'm going to just get it done or I'm going to save it till next month. But if I have to do it, I'm going to get it done. And afterwards I might need to go like decompress and go for a walk to just kind of recover. So it's, it's just giving yourself permission and it just takes a load of anxiety off of your shoulders. Can you give like a super fast synopsis? So like if day one, I just started my period, what's my superpower right now in, yeah. in that cycle yeah. or in that so part of my cycle? The really cool thing about the four phases that we go through every month is that they are very much in alignment with mother nature. So mother nature goes through four seasons every year. We go through four phases every month and they're very similar. So for instance, we'll start with when your bleed ends. So once your period is over, you enter into what's called the follicular phase. This is your spring phase. So think about spring, like think about what happens in the springtime, especially if you live somewhere where you experience all four seasons, like I do in Canada. So spring is like, you know, energizing. It's like renewed energy. You're starting to kind of come out of that cocoon and you're feeling good and you're feeling light and energetic and creative and excited. And then of course you head into summer. So that's the ovulatory phase. And that's a very short phase. It only lasts about three to five days long, but this is like our high energy phase. We feel so good. We are magnetic. We are energetic. We're assertive. We feel attractive. We're sexual. We are just like, we feel our best. Usually for most women, this is when they feel their best and you can do all the things in this phase. You can do all the things like fill your calendar, plan everything in here. You're just social, you're charismatic, 
things come into your life easily and effortlessly. Like if you've had those times in your life where things just like naturally were happening, like it was, you know, you're, you're getting the clients, eating healthy feels easy, moving your body feels easy. Like everything is just unfolding. You're likely in your ovulatory phase. Cause that's just the energy. That's the vibration that you give off, but it's a short phase. It only lasts about three to five days long. However, most women are trying to live in that high energy phase all month. And no wonder we're feeling exhausted and depleted and overwhelmed. And like we're on the path to burnout because we are not designed to go at that speed all month long. So after the ovulatory phase, which is summer, we head into fall, of course, and fall is our luteal phase. And this lasts about 10 to 14 days. So it's the time that leads us right up until our next bleed starts. This is very much like fall, right? Things are starting to kind of wind down. It's a great time to finish up projects, tie up loose ends. You don't want to start a big project or launch a program or start something new in the luteal phase because you just won't have the energy levels for it. Your energy levels are on the decline. You're starting to go into that nesting phase that we experience when we're pregnant and we're in the third trimester and we're just getting ready for what's to come. We're going inward. This is when our feminine energy comes out. So we're high in our masculine energy in that spring and summer phase where we're doing and we're going and we're outward. And then our feminine energy takes over and we are more quiet, we're more calm, we're more just inward. We feel things on a really deep level in the luteal phase. And this is when women typically feel like they are crazy and hormonal <laughs> and PMS sneaks in. Side note, PMS is not normal. It is not normal. It's just been normalized. We should not be experiencing massive discomfort before our bleed. We shouldn't be experiencing crazy bloating, cramping, um, skin issues. We should still, still feel really good. I used to always experience like spotting for days leading up to my period. I thought that was normal. It's not normal. Like your bleed should start in the morning out of nowhere, right red blood. That's how your period should start. You shouldn't be like ruining your underwear for four, five, six days leading up until your period. That, that's a sign that you're not living in alignment with your cycle. So the fall phase to me feels really good, really nurturing, and you're getting ready for what's to come, which is winter, which is your period. And this is when you want to hunker down, you wanna slow down, you wanna take as much off your plate as possible, and you're probably saying, I cannot take anything off of my plate because I am busy. You know, I work, I have a job, I have children to care for, a husband that, you know, is expecting me to do certain things. The reality is when you take advantage of those high energy phases of your cycle, you will start to realize that I, you can get so much done in those phases and prioritize things there that when it does come time to your menstrual phase, you will naturally just have more space on your calendar because you're planning for it also, but you just will have a little bit more space, a little bit more ease and flow so that you can take care of yourself. You're not going to get up at 5am and do an intense workout when you're on your period. That would be very, very silly and detrimental to your hormones. 
So you can get a little bit of extra sleep or you can wake up and do some extra journaling. The superpower in the menstrual phase actually is that our right and left hemisphere of our brain are more connected than they ever are the rest of the month, which means that we can be like analytical and we can reflect and evaluate. So the menstrual phase is such a great time to review what went well this last cycle, what didn't go well, things that you maybe need to change in your life, things that you want to do more of. It's like this amazing opportunity to brain dump all these ideas and visions and plans and like things you want to tweak and change. And then when you go into your spring phase, so once your period ends, you're back into your spring phase. And this is when you'll have the energy to take action and to create a plan. And you're going to be excited to take action on those things. So it's this like constant evolving cycle. And when you can take advantage of the four phases and the magic that is inside of those, they all feed into the next and can give you amazing results in your life. So that is like in a very small nutshell. That is amazing. I have been hearing more and more about cycle syncing and have like, I guess, dipped my toe in learning about it. You offered some very unique analogies and way of describing it. That it was very cool that I've not heard yet though. So I really, really like that, especially the, the season analogy. And it's just such an easy way to remember it and think about it. And I think so much of cycle syncing seems very intuitive. Like, yes, when you are bleeding and you're on your period, you don't have a lot of energy. So no, I don't physically want to go do a HIIT workout. We're very big on intuitive movement and intuitive eating. We talk a lot about that at Her Health Collective. And as I've tried to adopt more of that mentality in my own life, as I learned about cycle syncing, I saw some correlations. I I saw like, if I just pay attention to my body and where I'm at in my cycle, yes, I do naturally have more energy in certain phases of my, I didn't know at the time, but in certain phases of my cycle. Now, I do know that with cycle syncing, they say you want to do your higher, more intense workouts at certain points of your cycle and to, you know, back off, do more yoga or walking at other points. Are there also elements where in cycle syncing, you would be eating certain foods or avoiding certain foods? Mm -hmm. Is that part of it too? I, I wouldn't say avoiding certain foods necessarily, but, and I think this goes into intuition, right? I love that you talked about that because the two like intuitive eating and intuitive movement and cycle syncing absolutely go hand in hand because in order to be intuitive, you have to understand what's going on inside of your body and you have to slow down enough to get quiet with yourself. And cycle syncing almost is like the first step because it, it creates that awareness and it almost, it forces you to pay attention, like to really stop and pay attention. Where am I in my cycle? How am I feeling? And what does this mean? And what can I do? And then bringing in those practices of intuitive movement and intuitive eating is just so much simpler. So when we're in those like spring and summer phases, so when our period ends and our energy levels are on the, on the climb, like we're going to be feeling our best. 
that is when you want to do the movements that are more intense and give you more of a sweat and just like those really energetic type movements. And that's different for everyone. I'm not the person who's going to go for a run or do a HIIT workout. If I was, that's when I would do it. But I'm the type of person that loves yoga and bar. So I'm going to do yoga in my follicular and ovulatory phase that are is more high intense, like a power type yoga. So really just like taking it up a notch and you're going to have the energy levels to do those more intense workouts and your, your body is going to support that, right? You're not going to be left feeling depleted. And then as far as the luteal phase, so once you kind of hit that hump of masculine energy and then you're heading into your feminine energy and your hormone levels are decreasing, that's when you want to take things down a notch. You want to low impact doing resistance training in your luteal phase is really great. Um, I love that's when I usually will pick up my weights and do some resistance training, some good yoga, bar, Pilates, that type of thing. And then as you head into your menstrual phase, so the few days leading up to my menstrual phase, I typically feel really, really tired and withdrawn. That's when I'll do something like yin yoga. Yin yoga is like so delicious for that time of the month. It's so lovely. Um, any type of just foam rolling, stretching, go for a walk or just do nothing. Like it is okay to just you know, do a long meditation instead of doing a workout. That's, that's totally okay. Honor where you're at, honor your energy levels and honor your hormones. And then as far as nutrition, again, not, not necessarily taking things away, but being aware of maybe certain things that your body needs more of. And if you're paying attention, you'll probably realize and notice that in the spring and summer, so after your period ends, you actually feel a bit more lighter. Like you just, you feel lighter. You're satisfied by lighter, cold foods for the most part, salads, smoothies, um, you know, light things like stir fry, lighter carbohydrates like quinoa and maybe rice. You're just your body feels better and you feel more energetic with those lighter foods. And then as you head into your fall phase, this is where I think nutrition does become important because our body needs more calories in the luteal phase. So leading up to our period, we need about 300 more calories than we needed previously. And a lot of women fight that. You might feel more hungry and there'll be increased cravings the week or so before your period. But if you're so conditioned to be eating a certain way all month long, you're going to fight that and be like, no, last week I ate the grilled chicken salad with quinoa and that satisfied me and I felt amazing. I should still feel satisfied and feel amazing after eating that. But instead your body's like screaming for, you know, more carbohydrates and more calories. But if you're not giving it that, you're going to succumb to the cravings and the binging or you're just going to feel really, really crummy if you're like, I'm sticking to it. I'm not giving in. So either way, you're probably going to feel pretty lousy. But if you just listen and pay attention, your body is probably craving some warming foods, more um, dense carbohydrates. So things like roasted root veggies are so good in the luteal phase for a couple of reasons. One, they provide more calories. They're just more dense. So sweet potatoes, um, you know, roasted carrots, roasted turnips, beets, those types of things. 
they provide you with a lot of nourishment and nutrition that you need in the luteal phase. Plus what they help to do is those roasted root vegetables. They give you that sweet craving that you might be needing, but they also help your body to detox out any excess estrogen. Because when we have excess estrogen lingering in the luteal phase where we shouldn't have excess estrogen, then that is where PMS starts to sneak in. And, and I kid you not, two things that I did in the beginning when I started cycle syncing was I changed up my new, I changed up my movement, which was very easy for me to do because I hated cardio, but I told myself I needed to do cardio all the time. So honoring that with my workouts was easy and made such a difference on my energy levels. And then introducing roasted root veggies in the luteal phase was a game changer for me. PMS gone, like within the first couple cycles. So that was a really, really big thing for me. And then also in the menstrual phase, it's just giving your body those really warm, nourishing meals. Like don't try to eat salads, you know, on the menstrual phase, like it's just not going to be nourishing for your body. Think of soups and stews and casseroles and just really warming nutrient dense foods. And then you head back into spring and you're ready to lighten things up and keep things fresh. And it's almost like when people tell you to eat seasonally, it's eating seasonally, but within your cycle. It, I mean, I agree. I, if you listen and you're being intuitive, yes, I, I have certain cravings for like, there are certain times right before my, I'm craving red meat. Like I, mm. I just like, there's certain things that my body is telling me, or that's where the sugar craving will come in. Um, and, but I love the root vegetable. That is an awesome tip. Yeah. I'm definitely writing that down. Yeah. How do women who have had partial hysterectomies, meaning they don't have their uterus and cervix, but do still have their ovaries participate with cycle sinking if they don't bleed? Yeah. So I think that's such a great question. And it's important to realize that women still can live this cyclical lifestyle. And I think it's so valuable for all women to live this cyclical lifestyle, even if you're not, even if you've had like a full hysterectomy, I still think it's helpful for us because we're in, we're just naturally wanting to do lots and be productive but cycle syncing gives you that opportunity to slow things down once a month and take, take, a, take a little bit of a breather, take a little bit of a vacation almost. But when you are not getting a bleed, it can often be hard to like, well, where am I in my cycle? And the really cool thing is, is that we are very connected to the moon. So the phases that the moon goes through every month are very similar to the phases that we as women go through. And we've always been connected to the moon. That might sound really out there for some, some listeners. It was for me when I first learned about this, but it really does make sense. So the moon goes through a 28 day ish cycle. And so do we, there's no, there's no um, coincidence, I believe. So what you can do is look at where the phase of the moon is right now. So for women not getting a period, they will use the moon calendar basically, which you can just do a quick Google search. So um, right now at the time of recording, we should be having a full moon, I think like in a couple of days. So the full moon, that phase of the moon is the same as the ovulatory phase. So this is when you are in your summer phase. So the most outward type energy, right? And then when you look at where the new moon would be, that would be your menstrual phase. 
So you can actually look at your calendar and say, okay, here's where the full moon is. So that's going to be my ovulatory phase. This is where the new moon is. That's my um, menstrual phase. And then fill in for the follicular and the, and the luteal in between those two. So then you can start aligning your life to those four phases. And it's amazing. Like you, for women who don't get a bleed, they swear by this because it really, we, we feel the energies of, of it. And a lot of women will naturally line up. So right now I'm in my ovulatory phase and, you know, we're heading into the full moon. So that is so amazing. It's very intriguing to me. The knowledge that you have shared with us has been wonderful. We would love for you to give one last message that you think every mom should hear. I think that what I would say is you are deserving of feeling good all month long, not just for a couple weeks every month. You are deserving of feeling really good. And when you're maybe not feeling that good, so usually in the luteal phase, we tend to not feel very good or we don't feel our best. And some of our darkness kind of comes up. I think it's really important that you sit with that darkness and you don't just shrug it off and just tell yourself like, oh, it's just because it's the week before my period. I want you to really look at that darkness. And maybe it's not even that dark. Maybe it's just feelings of being triggered and things that keep coming up. But there's a reason why it keeps coming up, but there's like a biological reason is because estrogen is a way of masking feelings for us. So estrogen makes us feel good, which is why after our period, we feel really good. We're just like on a high and nothing can go wrong, right? Because estrogen is high. When estrogen is not high, we're left with just our real raw, true feelings and Instead of then when we head back after our bleed and we're like, oh, it's fine. Like it was really bothering me last week, but it's not that big of a deal. I want you to realize it's coming up for a reason. And it's not just because you're hormonal. It's because it's really there. It's just throughout the month, it's getting masked by our hormones. And it's important for you to sit with what maybe is really going on in your life. Not don't discount it, jot it down in your journal see if it keeps coming up every single month and maybe you need to address it. Don't address it in the luteal phase though, because we might make decisions that we're, you know, maybe not prepared to make, but revisit it and, and just tell yourself like, I'm deserving of feeling good all month long. So when I'm not feeling my best, there might be something there that I can tweak and work on. And it's not just because I'm on my period that I deserve to feel this way. What a wonderful message there's so much so much to take away from this episode but here goes our top takeaways megan compared our monthly cycles with the cycles of mother nature she used the analogy of the four seasons when your period is over you enter into the follicular phase of more masculine energy megan related this to spring spring is renewed energy coming out of a cocoon feeling light energetic creative and exciting after the follicular phase is the ovulatory phase, lasting only about three to five days. Many women try to live in this energy all the time, which is why we are exhausted. Megan related this to summer, stating that it's our high energy phase and also more masculine energy, where we are magnetic, 
energetic, assertive, we feel attractive, we're sexual, we're charismatic. Things seem to come into our lives easily and effortlessly. For most women, we feel our best in this phase. It's a time when you can do all the things in this space, like fill your calendar, plan, and be social. We then begin to shift into more feminine energy, which is more quiet, calm, and perhaps more inward. This is our luteal phase, and Megan related it to fall. This lasts about 10 to 14 days, and it's the time that leads us right up until our next bleed starts. During this time, things are starting to wind down, your energy levels are on the decline, you feel things emotionally on a deeper level, and you're starting to go into a nesting phase. We're just getting ready for what's to come, our period, and focusing inward. Menstruation is the final phase, which is related to winter. At this time, the right and left hemispheres of our brain are more connected than they ever are the rest of the month, which means that we can be analytical, we can reflect and evaluate. Just like winter, this is when you want to hunker down, slow down, take as much off your plate as possible and find ways to nurture yourself. Once your period ends, you go back into your spring slash follicular phase. It's an ongoing evolving cycle that feeds into each other. When the cycles are honored, you can get amazing results in your life. Bye-bye, friends. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us so you're the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.